Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, Kenny Chesney, leading us into the episode today of Talking Football. This is Austin Cunningham and Trees, the boys of fall. That might just kind of be our motto for this year as we head into the season. It's our first NFL season doing this together. We've already gone through the hard part. We've already got our creative minds, our creative juices flowing. We've put on the thinking caps, and we've gotten through the offseason, and now Maybe it's football season. It officially starts tonight with the first preseason game. Treese, man, how excited are you? I'm pretty excited, dude. I, I'm just so happy that we made it through this offseason. And again, doing a podcast actually makes it go by a lot quicker than the previous offseasons. But I'm just so excited about all the storylines, right? Like the Chiefs with the, what they're doing. You have the Browns. You have is this Tom Brady's last season? What team's up and coming, right? There's just so many storylines to the NFL season. And not to mention, like, these next four weeks is just so intense because you're on the edge of your seat, like, walking on eggshells, wondering if you're going to get that breaking news that somebody from your team got hurt. Yeah, and uh, I received that the other day with Tyree Kill as being carted off the field. They didn't say in the front. They didn't say in the back. They just said Tyree Kill is being carted off the field. I freaked out. I like. I took it. I looked at my boss and I was like, "I'm taking a 15 minute break. Like, I gotta go." She's like, "Is everything okay?" And I was like, "I don't know." And that's all I left it as. And I just walked out and I got on my phone and I was just refreshing my feed. I was going to every single person that I know is in the Kansas City media and I was at camp that day, just trying to figure out what was going on. And then Adam Schefter, of all people, comes out with the report of, oh, it's just like a bruised quad. I was like, thank God. Because originally I was pissed. Like, Brashad Breeland, what are you doing? Like, why are you running into this guy right here? Like, just stop. Like, just let him catch it and then do the wrap-up. Like, that's it. We know you're a good corner. That's why the Chiefs tried to trade for you last year, and that's why they got you this free agency. Don't hurt the like one of the best receivers in the league right now. It's quad contusion means bruised quad. He's going to have a couple days off. They'll probably just let him take kind of, you know, a week into camp and just let it go. And he's going to be fine. But yeah, dude, I received that breaking news text. Whoo. Whoo. That that's like total clickbait right there, man. Like not telling you anything about it. Just he got carted off the, off the field. Clickbait one Oh one. Yeah. And, uh, there was a, like, you know, after a couple hours go by, people were like, this is the difference between the tweet and the one guy's at camp and he's like, hey, Tyree Kill's been carted off the field, but he was sitting in the front seat of the cart. And then another one is like the main guy for the Kansas City Star. And he's like, Tyree Kill has been carted off the field. And they're like, the difference in reporting. And I was like, man, that's not what the Kansas City Star needs right now because you're already in enough uh, scrutiny with everything else that's been handled, especially with Tyree Kill. So sure. it's just clickbait. Like you said, clickbait 101. Yeah. Did you look into Adam Schefter's responses, like everybody that was responding to him? Yeah, I saw some some bad just, ones. 
everybody's like, hate to see it. That's weird. <laughs> Call your kid quad and all, just all yeah. sorts of shit. Yeah, I saw it. My buddy sent me that. And, uh, like a guy had quoted the tweet and he's like, man, such a weird name to have your kid this quad. And I was like, oh my God. Like, get uh, out of here. Get, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're just like, it's not funny. Like, child abuse is not funny, but I still giggled at that joke a little bit. <laughs> like, that was a good one. That was a good one, but shut up. <laughs> All right. Now that we're through the breaking news, that uh, the breaking news scare that I had, at least, let's get into the actual talk in the NFL. Again, like Therese mentioned, everyone's walking on eggshells hoping that they don't receive that text. Right now, no one has majorly, but. There is still plenty of news going around the NFL, and before we even get into that, we have a new little intro into the Tree Sivia, and we're pretty excited for it. So I hope you guys are ready for it, because here we go. It's Tree Sivia! Bow, bow, bow. It's just like I imagined it would be. <laughs> We've been asking for some help. We've been trying to figure out what to do for Trisivia. And someone goes, hey, why don't you try this? <laughs> we played and was like, shit. Shit, it pretty worked. Good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. You ready for this, bad boy? Yes, sir. Okay. From the year 2004 to 2016... Name a starting quarterback, not named Tom Brady, that never started a game where his team was out of playoff contention. Drew Brees. No. And there's only is only one. Uh, there might be two. I there's one that I didn't look at that I'm like I should have checked this person, but the one I'm there's one that I'm talking about specifically. Philip Rivers. Nope. Come on, they they haven't made the playoffs a lot in the last ten years. What other teams constantly been in the playoffs? I mean, there's one that's actually... This one's a little bit surprising. And I'll, here's your hint. In a roundabout way, talk about him a lot in this ep, in this podcast. 2004. Aaron Rodgers. To 2000... Let me, let me rephrase this. He is retired. Okay. Oh, damn. Peyton Manning. No. So he would have retired three years ago. Correct. Played in the AFC or the NFC? NFC. Dude, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Jim. Tony Romo? Tony Romo. What? Crazy, right? So in Tony Romo's 10 years as the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, he never started a game where the Cowboys were out of contention for a playoff spot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> like he'd be injured, right? He'd just be injured some games like when they were out of playoff contention, so he didn't start them. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're not making it to the playoffs. I'm out. Sorry. Back. Shit. Yeah. Hate to see it. <laughs> hate to see it. Uh, Damn. Is he? A, is Tony Romo a Hall of Famer? I don't think he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's hard to justify someone that has one playoff win. Or does he have a playoff? Yeah, he had one, right? Uh, just It's just hard to justify somebody doing that. I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks in those 10 years, though. Absolutely. I mean, a kid undrafted, he got the job because he was one of the throwers at the NFL Combine, and Jerry Jones liked the way he threw the ball. Comes in with an injured Drew Bledsoe. 
Not poor guy. Same thing happened with Tom Brady. Oh, look at this. Here comes Tony Romo. <laughs> I mean, he comes in. I mean, Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer. Yes, he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Been to and two or been to three. And an MVP season. Yeah. Dang. I feel like he's got he leads the quarterback in most fourth quarter comebacks, doesn't he? I know he did during his era of playing. I don't know if he like leads the all time. I still think that's Joe Montana, but yeah. Dang. That's a that's a good discussion though. I would, not, that. I would not be mad if he was a Hall of Famer, but we absolutely I don't think I would be either. His talk would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. Have you seen his the story life of him on uh, football uh, life? Yeah, thank you. Football life, yeah. Of him. Um, I haven't actually. Is it good? It's, yeah, it's really good. I really liked it. I want to see it. I like the video of him playing outside with his kids, and he goes the the other son throws it to him and it hits his stomach and he starts crying and he's like, "Oh, you're okay. You're okay." <laughs> that that's the part you liked. Nah, I just I felt like it would come off better. I feel like you haven't seen the video, so now I feel kind of awkward. I haven't seen it. So oh, dude, it's a pretty funny video. So this kid's one kid's playing quarterback, and the other kid's playing wide receiver. And they, you know, he runs a route, and the son throws the ball, and he tries to catch it, and hits him in the stomach, and he just starts crying. Like, don't throw it that hard. And it was just, it was a funny. You got to see it. You got to see right. it to understand it. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Okay. Let's get to the recent news here. So let's start out with in Miami, Brian Flores comes out and says, it's pretty clear to me that Ryan Fitzpatrick is leading the way for the quarterback job here with the Dolphins. I mean, it makes sense, but I don't know why. I mean, he's how many teams is he playing for, Fitzpatrick? I also noticed this. Last episode, I kept calling Fitzgerald. I meant Fitzpatrick. I also said Trent Williams was one of the best tight ends in the league. Definitely meant left tackle. So let me go ahead and clear those two mistakes up and get back on track here. Fitz, Fitzpatrick. He's played on so many different teams. Like, yeah, he's going to pick things up quickly. Like, he knows what to look for. Like, he's a pro at being on different offenses and teams and kind of knowing what to do. This is Josh Rosen's second year in the league. He played last year without with a busted-up offensive line and old guys. This year he's in Miami where we don't know anyone on their offensive line. And they have really not that many wide receivers, big-named, that are decent players. You know, they're all decent players, but none of them are just top-level guys. Yeah. And they have a running back. Like that's all that's all they have in Miami. Why are you gonna put Ryan Fitzpatrick back there? I mean, they don't even have a running back, right? So they have Tunsil, who's a great left tackle. <laughs> Their running backs are not good. If anybody thinks that Drake is that good of a running back in the NFL, he's not. Fun fact for everybody, he has not had over a hundred and forty carries in a season since his high school days. In college at Alabama, he didn't, and in the pros, he hasn't. So in the last like seven years, he's not had 140 carries. That's not like a workhorse running back. And if he hasn't in those seven years, there's probably a reason why. The coaches realize that he's not as good as what people think he is. And then wide receivers, what, Devontae Parker? who Albert Wilson. Not that good. Albert Wilson, sure. Uh, Grant. What is it, Jeremiah Grant? Yes. Grant, something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's just fast. Kenny Steels. I, I do like Kenny Steels. Mm-hmm. I will give him that. But and they just signed uh, Alan Hearns. They signed Alan Hearns. So, I mean, it's just not that good of an offense. It's not that good of a team. I guess that's the reason why majority of people that watch football think that they're going to have a top three pick in the draft. So is it smart then to roll out with Fitzpatrick and save Rosen? No, because you're going to win games with Fitzpatrick. 
You he will find ways to win games. Yeah. Cuz he's going to go on that tear of eight touchdown passes in two games and then he'll go for six interceptions in three <laughs> games, right? Like but like the this magic baby. Yeah. But the problem has already been dealt with, right? Cuz now now you've won games. So you've are, you've worked yourself out of a top 3 pick at that point. Just see what you have in Rosen. That's what it comes down to. You didn't give up an early draft pick in last year's draft to have him sit on the bench and then wait to see what you have out of him halfway through the season. Exactly. You just didn't. Next, Jerry Jones comes out with a quote in an interview with the media and goes, don't need to have a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Jerry Jones, you need somebody. I mean, you kind of need the guy that your entire offense, that your entire team is built around. Like, you kind of need that guy. And another shocking news story that comes out is the trial that the Cowboys covered up for Ezekiel Elliott, who was in a car wreck, what, last November or October last season, and they covered it up, and now there's a lawsuit out for it. Of course that comes out with Zeke being in discussions with the Cowboys of like, hey, look what we did for you. We're not about to pay you all this money. And in a sense, I understand both sides here. Like Zeke wants to get his money. Two-time leading rusher. The Cowboys have dealt with numerous off-field issues. The loss, several lawsuits as of now. Whatever's happened and taken place that they've continued to cover up for him, which is hard enough to do in this day, in this era with all the news media. Golly, like I said last episode, or the episode before. I heard down in Mobile that the Cowboys are just going to run Zeke as hard as they could the last these next five years and then move on from him. So maybe Jerry Jones, that statement here, you don't need to have a rushing championship, to, a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Maybe he's standing by what I heard in Mobile. He easily could be, but this team revolves around him. Like I, I actually am on Zeke's side in this situation. Like. He knows what they are and are not without him. How good are they without him? Not very. How many many ones do you think they get without him? Seven, if they're lucky. And I I mean, I'm being dead serious. Like, Dak has got to play his mind out. I I wasn't going to go as as high as seven. So Really? Yeah. I don't see it. So they brought in Alfred Morris. Cool. This isn't 2012. So, Cowboys, you're a little behind the eight ball on that one. But and I know that he was on their team. He knows the system and everything. But dude, Zeke had seventy-seven catches last year. Alfred Morris is not giving that to you. So you're going to trust these rookies to make up for that production? I don't see it. I think that they need to find a way to get Zeke a, a new three-year deal starting this year. Like can't void out the the two that he has left and just do a three-year deal right here and just make him make him the highest-paid running back. And you're basically going. Like you said, right, five years running him into the ground. Now it's six years and running him into the ground and then letting him walk. I completely agree with everything. I mean, everything you said right there is perfect. Mm. Look at you just speaking just beautiful perfectness. Look at that. Look at that. (laughs) So this one is interesting for you. Drew Rosenhaus was in KC on Monday in talks with the front office for a new Tyreek Hill contract. Did you hear anything, any update on any of that? Um, I honestly haven't outside of that. We, when it usually comes to contract talks within Kansas City, there's really not much that leaks out in regards to that. Like, there's really not. Like, with Alex Smith, there were kind of reportings that the Chiefs were looking to talk about him. Bam, all of a sudden he's a Kansas City Chief. Same thing with Eric Berry and Justin Houston. There wasn't any rumors on what the contract length or amount was. 
and you're not really going to hear anything with Tyree Kill either. Like, it just kind of comes after, like, hey, this is what, you know, the decision that was made and it's been done. Maybe things change now that Brett Veach is the GM, but with John Dorsey, that's kind of how things were handled. It was it was kind of locked down, and he would overpay people because he waited too long, and then here we are. But with Zeke, or excuse me, with Tyreek Hill, I don't understand. I don't know what this contract's going to look like. I mean, where do you go? Because no matter what you do, the media is going to blow up. I can't believe you paid this guy, yada, yada, yada. Everything that we just got past is going to come right back up. And I'm not just saying we as like me and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm saying we as in like an entirety of fans of the NFL, and no matter no matter what team you are. Like we've finally gotten through this discussion. And yes, people are going to crack their jokes and everything. It's just part of it. But I mean, is there any way he makes over $20 million? I mean, is, there's no way that he does, right? No, there's no way. You don't think so? There's uh, there's no way. I, I don't. 17 yards a catch, over third or over 1,200 yards receiving. He's gotten better each year. Special I, team threat. I mean, dude, he's just like, no, he's amazing. I, it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but can you do like can you offer that contract with what just took place? You can't. And that's what I'm trying to get at is you can't offer that contract. I mean, I think it'll be closer to 18. So about so, what Odell has? Yeah, about what Odell has. And that seems fair. That seems fair because Sammy Watkins is probably gone after this year. So that's gonna open. He's going to open up room there. But the other thing is you still got to sign Chris Jones. And if you let him play this year and he has a 15-sack season, dude, you don't have a choice. Like he's yeah. going to get paid more than Aaron Donald probably. Like I'm not even kidding. No, he probably will. Because the salary cap's going to go back up. And now you're going to have one of the highest paid, two of the highest paid defensive players, maybe even three, depending on where Matthew is with it. I don't know that off the top of my head. But next offseason, you're already in talks of giving Patrick Mahomes $200 million. That's yeah. absurd. I was going to, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. How do you feel about that? Because there's a lot of, you know, like obviously a lot of teams go downhill a little bit when they have to pay their quarterback that much money, when he's taking up that much of the salary cap, can't pay other positions. $200 million is a lot of money and a lot of the percentage of a cap. So what, that's $40 million a year? The cap goes up 10% each year? Yeah. I mean, you give it two years and it's just like, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's two years that you now can't sign free agents. That's what they're doing now. Like that's what they're doing now, though. Like, like that's why all these guys have two to three, four year deals. That's why Mitchell Schwartz just got extended. That's why they signed uh, Cam Irving. They gave him a two year deal before camp even started. And everyone's like, "Why are you doing this?" Well, he comes in and plays left guard and does a pretty damn good job of it. He comes yeah. in and plays center, does a pretty damn good job of it. You get rid of Mitchell Schwartz. Eric Fisher's a better left tackle than people give it credit for. And Madden needs to do the same thing because I'm sick and tired of him getting beat on every goddamn play when he's not that bad. I'm sick and tired of a holding call coming in off a big run and it being Eric Fisher. Madden, get it together. I'm off topic here, but I just dealt with that pretty extensively. Ugh, pretty extensively. And the the accuracy, man, that's what really throws me off. When, you, when I'm rolling out to the left and then I throw out there, I don't want my ball going to the visitor sideline because I'm running left. Like, I'm not aiming left. I'm fucking running left. You can cut that out if you want, but dude, I was. I'm keeping it. I, not a happy guy. Not a happy guy playing the new Madden. Graphics look cool. When Patrick Mahomes, I don't, I don't know. I don't get him. It's whatever. It's fine. Last fine. I'm good. It's good. I'm fine. It's fine. 
nothing bad has happened tonight for you. So it's fine. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it's fine. Not at all. Life all right, goes on, on, baby. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, exactly, right? Moving on. Pat McAfee getting signed by ESPN to be um, on the Thursday night college football primetime games. That's pretty big news. Dude, I felt... I'm going to be honest about this. I was extremely happy to hear this. Like, I, I'm a big Pat McAfee fan. I started following him. Like, I almost felt like it was a part of like just bad juju on my end because I just started following Pat McAfee like three weeks before he retired. I'm like, dang it. Like, what happened? This guy get hurt, and then I see, you know, he's going to work for Barstool, and I'm like, shit, that's really cool. And ever since then, dude, I've just been following this guy's career. And I just remember him being like, you know, I thought it would be a lot easier getting into media coming out of the league. Nobody answered phone calls. And then it's been him as of late going, I've been shaking a lot of hands. You know, I've been meeting a lot of people, talking to a lot of guys in suits, yada, yada, yada. Gets the WWE gig. He's loving that. And you can just tell he wants, he just wants more. Like He just doesn't want to be WWE. He played in the NFL. And then you hear he gets the ESPN job. And you're like, man, like it's it's a reason to watch Thursday night college football. Like, I'm going to watch it to hear what Pat McAfee has to say. And if I miss it, I know I'm going to catch it on social media because how many other videos has he had go viral? This is this might be one of the smartest things ESPN has done in a very long time. And I'm glad Matt Hasselback was like, hey, let's like let me and him do it. Like, let's just let us do it. Because he was on he was on a show. I'm gonna kind of get into this a little bit. He's been having a lot of people on, and he always has great guests, and he has great conversations. But with Matt Hasselback, Matt Hasselback came on and goes, hey, I don't want this to come off rude, but ESPN pretty much said, like, he's your responsibility if you decide to do this. And Matt Hasselback was like, okay, like, that's fine. And now they're excited to, like, kind of be together. They were teammates in Indianapolis when Matt Hasselback was there at the end of his career when Andrew Luck was injured. And, dude, it was just a great conversation. You can just hear the excitement in both their voices and, like, how ready they are for this. And, dude, I couldn't be happier for Pat McAfee. And I cannot wait for Thursday night college football before Thursday night football in the NFL. It's going to be electric. Thursday nights are going to be electric. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. We had to bring this up. One of our big followers that bought a couple T-shirts from us and stuff, Brad Larson, shout out to you. I know you're a huge McAfee guy, so there you go. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? Oh, you probably haven't seen this guy yet. but So it came out today that Reddit did some sort of poll over a course of a year. So from 2017 to 2018, they did a poll of who's the most vulgar fan bases in the NFL. Oh, shit. Yeah. Guess who's an NFC team, right? Guess who? What? It's got to be an NFC team, right? It's an AFC team that's number one. Is it the Patriots? It is not. The Patriots are pretty low, actually. Yeah, they're one of the lowest. There's no... It's not the Chiefs, is it? No, they're really low as well. Okay. The Raiders? Uh, Let's see here. The Raiders... They're fourth. They're number four. Is it the Jags? Is that why you're smiling so much? It's the Jags. (laughs) (laughs) We as fans. I've been trying to figure out why you've been smiling so hard. That's why I was like, no way it's the Chiefs, not the Pats, not the Raiders. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Us as Jags fans, we just, I mean, it's from, let's see, it's from September 7th, 2017 to September 8th, 
or six, 2018, right? So it's the year they, they went to the AFC Championship. Of you know course. What we... <laughs> Sorry, what? No, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Of course yeah. it's going to be us because we're yelling at our TV about fucking Blake Bortles not making a play or not making something or yelling at the coaching staff about why did we get away from the game plan in the second half. I mean, that game alone probably just skewed the skewed the ratings. And, of course, the Titans are second because the Titans fans are garbage. <laughs> I'm just going to call this the Jalen Ramsey effect. Like this dude came <laughs> in. It just changed the entire like attitude for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it 100% did. And I'm all for it. Him <laughs> and Yannick Ngakwe changed the culture of Jacksonville. And I love it. 100% love it. And oh man. So the Jags are doing for the last 25 days, they've been doing like the top 25 Jags players of all time. And each day they do a new one. And today they were at number two, and it was they did Fred Taylor over mm-hmm. Tony Baselli. And Fred Taylor went fucking off on Twitter. If you want to get interested and you want to see something fun, go to Fred Taylor's Instagram or I mean Twitter account. It is so funny. He's just like these guys are fucking stupid. Like I was way more valuable than the left tackle. Like what I did. For like the with the quarterbacks that I had and the receivers that were on this team and like the stats that I put up compared to other Hall of Fame guys that I'm not getting the credit for, which is true. Like Curtis Martin did not have as good as stats as Fred Taylor. He's in the he's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Jerome Bettis, like I, I've been on this wagon way <laughs> too much. I mean, on my Twitter account, I literally have it. Fred Taylor's a Hall of Famer, but um, it's just it's just funny because he, he's around Jacksonville's like front office and stuff quite a bit. So it's funny that he was so vocal about it. So who got number one then? Tony Baselli will get it tomorrow. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying he got it like he was over him and that's why he was upset. Gotcha. No, so Tony Baselli is over him. So that's why he's upset because he, oh, boy. he thought he should be number one. And, I mean, Tony Baselli also should be a Hall of Famer. He's been a finalist two or three years in a row and just hasn't hasn't gotten it. And, I mean, there was there was a solid, like, eight years there well, where he was the best left tackle in all football. He just didn't have as long as a career as other people, and that's what's hurt, you know. But Tony Baselli was a fucking beast on the offensive line, just shutting people down. Uh, shut down Bruce Smith when he was, like, in his prime. You, sh- you should watch that playoff game. It was... It was insane. Anyways, that, enough about the Jags. <laughs> enough about that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about a recent signing. We got a huge, huge signing for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, we're talking massive, dude. Like, this dude got freaking paid. Like, we're talking $100 million. Five years. $20 million a year, dude. Unfreaking believable. Yeah. He's really fucking good. Michael Thomas is really good at football. And this is why we were talking about the $20 million possibility for Tyreek Hill is because of the type of money that Michael Thomas is making. But, I mean... He, we talked about this in during our top 100 is he's probably going to pass 
Jarvis Landry for most catches in the first four years of their career. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when when Michael Thomas woke up this morning, I guarantee you this is just all he heard. I mean, he's hearing that for the next five years, dude. When football, when the season rolls around for this guy, I mean, it doesn't matter what he does now. I mean, it it, it is going to matter like that <laughs> for sure. I kind of take that back. But that's a lot of money for a wide receiver. But that's what we're getting to, dude. I mean, that's that's where we're at now. And he, he honestly does deserve it. Most catches within the first three years of his career, the highest in the NFL, especially over Jerry Rice. But it's still crazy how he's probably never going to break the records that Jerry Rice has set. Never. Ever. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens once Drew Brees is gone. Like, does his production decline or not well Well, if sean payton's there you know i don't think it's really gonna matter yeah probably not you're right but it'll be interesting to see every last couple episodes we've been talking about the top 100 because we did ours before so we like to keep track of this and it actually just ended two minutes ago for today's episode it ends tomorrow with the top five but so they did 10 through six today guess who ended up number six have you looked yet no, I haven't seen it at all. Tom Brady ended up six, not in the top five, not in the top three, like how he's been basically every single year that this has been going on. Wow. Yeah. We had him at two, didn't we? Three. Three? And Donald and Mahomes, yep. That's right. Yep, yeah. So the top five is going to be Mac. I wonder what. Did Drew Brees go today? Aaron Rodgers went eight. Oh, so Gurley just went five overall. So they're still going, actually. Gurley was number five. Wow. So then it's going to be... And you, you said Breeze hasn't gone yet? He hasn't gone yet. What? Yeah. So it so it's it's Mac, Donald, Breeze, Mahomes. That's going to be the top four. So the next one's going to be Breeze. Yep. And then it's going to be Donald. No, I'll go gonna Mac. Be I'm saying Mac Mahomes. I'm going to go Mac 3, Mahomes 2, Donald 1. I'm sticking with our guns, what we said. I think our top two is right. All right. All right. We'll find out. I don't know, Jim. I don't know. We will hear soon, though, Jim. Yes, we will. All right. Man, I got to stop, dude. I got to find a new voice. No, I like it. It makes me laugh every time. Let's talk about the holdouts. So, obviously, we can... Cross out Michael Thomas from that yep. list. 100%. Trent Williams. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, we, we can't. So Trent Williams talks of him getting traded. And to of, who? Of course, just like how we said last episode, Patriots may be the front runner. It's kind of like, it's kind of like we know what we're talking about. I A mean, little bit. Like, <laughs> wow, we're pretty good. Pretty we're good. good, Jim. <laughs> yep. It'll be interesting. I'm just praying to God he doesn't go there. He can go to the Jets or Bills, who we also mentioned. <laughs> Basically, go to an AFC East team so we were right, but just don't go to the Patriots, and and we'll be good. Uh, let's see here. Clowney, nowhere in sight. That one's going to be the longest holdout, in my opinion. I think that he's, he's going to come in, like you said last episode, actually, like a week before the game start, and just be like, all right, guys, you guys win. I'll be on the <laughs> I'll be on the franchise tag. Yeah. Yep. Which isn't a bad thing to be on for a year. I mean, 
But the big thing for him is they're trying to claim him as the outside linebacker, not the defensive end. So he's getting screwed like $6 million. Well, let him play on the franchise tag. Watch him have a heck of a year because contract year is undefeated, as Therese Paler would say. I mean, it truly is. D. Ford had a heck of a year. And then you watch him go in the 49ers camp, and he's getting blown off the line of scrimmage by McGlinchey, I think is who it was. Just owned him. Like, yeah. D. Ford runs. He does his hand move way too soon, and McGlinchey's just like, bam! Just knocks that dude completely off his course. So, contract year is undefeated. I wonder, it'll be exciting to see where he goes next year. I'm going to call the Dolphins right now. Do it. Call him. Okay. Call it up. Let's see. Who else have we got? We got Zeke, which we've talked about quite a bit. I still think that he ends up getting getting into camp within the next two weeks. I mean, Zeke? Yeah. Do you hear not on like, any level of agreeance, like on anything? They're yeah, so far apart on everything. Yeah, and I still think that in within the next two weeks, they're going to realize, oh, fuck, we need him. All right, we'll pay him. Like That's what I think is going to happen, and I think that he still is in camp in the next two weeks. Maybe part of me is that also optimistic, hope, hoping for that because I, I kept him in fantasy, and so I kind of really just need him in camp and need him to have a good year. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Melvin Gordon – I it's been very quiet on that front. I haven't heard anything in the last week. So those two might be playing off of each other, seeing who who gets paid, and then you know the next guy may get paid right after that. Yep. Would make sense. And then Yannick sounds like the Jags are having an offer that's in the roughly like four year seventy six million with fifty guaranteed. I guess my guess is it moves up to four year, eighty two to eighty five million, I, and then uh, guaranteed money probably stays about the same. And I bet they get a deal done soon. You don't think I, he gets that? You don't think he gets in the ninety mil at all? I think with like incentives, he can get up into that ninety mil. But I think that they'll probably just say, "Hey, base is in the low eighties, and if you get the All Pro or." double digit sacks x amount of years like then it yeah. can then it can get into that so that's what i think that they'll end up doing and my two episodes ago i said i was hoping that by wednesday of next week they'll have him signed still not signed but i i do think that they're getting closer and closer i got a, i got a thing here okay four year 88 million 52 guaranteed i'm gonna say that's his contract Okay, so you're basically just saying five mil, four to five million more. So basically, one one million more per year than what I just said. Yeah, but that's my official numbers. Like those no, are that's my, fine. I, I, that's not me giving you yes. shit. I'm just trying to make sure I understood what you said. So yep, oh, cool. I like. I mean, I'd be all for it. I basically what I'm saying is I think it's going to be just like the Nick Foles contract. Nick Foles was four years, eighty million, and then it has the incentives to get up higher. The Jags MO right there. That's all it is. All <laughs> I it is. love it. All right. We're going to move on into some just storylines that we're interested in watching at talk, Talking Football for AFC West and NFC West teams. And we're talking just training camp stories, not season-long stories. Do you want to kick us off here, Austin? Yeah. So let's go ahead and start with the NFC West. Uh, let's start with them. 
Starting off for the NFC West, Seattle Seahawks. The story that I want to watch is DK Metcalf getting any better in camp. We saw the initial videos at OTAs. We saw the comeback. We saw the out routes. They're not looking too sharp at the beginning. But what I want to know is, is he getting better? Is he building a relationship with Wilson? And how is he looking with Tyler Lockett on the other side? So for me, what I'm going to do within this is I'm going to start following Seattle Seahawks reporters, probably their team reporter, just to kind of see the videos that they put out on social media. Because within Kansas City, I see it everywhere. And I follow a couple of people that are fans of the, the 49ers. So I've been seeing some 49er training camp videos. And I'm kind of starting to realize, like, it's nice to see more than just the Chiefs throughout this time of the year. Like, it's it's a lot more fun to kind of be engaging with fans from other teams. And I, this is something I wish I would have done beforehand. And I think it's something you and I both need to make sure we do to just kind of keep going, moving forward, and growing. But with Seattle, what I want to see is DK Metcalf getting better in camp. Trace, do you want? Do you have anything else that you're looking for? Or do you want to head into the next team? Yeah, mine's Rashad Penny, their first-round pick last year. I want to see if he gets involved more in the offense. He was not very good last year as a rookie. Chris Carson and Mike Davis basically just took a stranglehold on that offense from a running back standpoint, and. Penny just didn't really see the field much. There was a game or two where he did, but overall, man, like you expected a lot more from a first round pick. And obviously a lot of people thought that was a complete reach, which it was in the first round, but you still use the first round pick on him. You can't go. I don't think you can go two years in a row without using him at that point. And Mike Davis is obviously not on the team anymore. So Penny has that opportunity to really take on a different role that Carson, I mean, Carson's not a pass catcher, so Penny at least can do that, and you'd hope that he just improves on running. That's actually a really good point. I kind of thought about that a little bit, but I didn't know enough about the running back situation to kind of get into it personally, so I'm glad glad you're on top of that. Really appreciate it. Next team in the NFC West, Arizona Cardinals. They've already moved on from Josh Rosen. We've discussed this numerous times. And we currently have a bet on it that I apparently can't get out of now. So I'm kind of screwed. Automatically taking an L. It's all right. Took an L, you know, took an L last night, but today we bounced back. I think I just messed up those lyrics, but you understand what I'm trying to say here. All right. You smell what I'm stepping in. Thank you. Arizona Cardinals. This is a Kyler Murray era. We've already heard numerous reports where Larry Fitzgerald is going, hey, this kid is coming in and just taking over the offense. He's taking over the locker room and, you know, has complete control of the huddle. And it's the first time he has seen it in his 16, 17 years in the NFL. That's pretty impressive for Kyler Murray coming in with a guy who eight months ago, seven months ago, was trying to make a decision on if he's even going to join the NFL or going to go play baseball. Like that's, that's crazy for me to hear, but that's where I am with the Arizona Cardinals and the story that I'm looking forward to as training camp continues on. For me, it's, I guess it's a couple things is one, what is this defensive backfield look like without Patrick Peterson? I mean, he's suspended. Was it four games or six games? I believe four. Four Actually, it it might've been six. It might be six, right? Six is what initially came to my head, but I couldn't remember either way. The first four to six weeks, dude, you don't have your leader of that DB room. And so I really want to see what it's like. And, just for people that aren't aware, when you're suspended like that, it is six. Okay, great. It is six, yep. You can't even come into the facility when you're suspended. The moment that pre your preseason game ends, your last one, 
until your suspension that six weeks is up. He can't even come into the facility. Technically, you're not supposed to be able to co- talk to coaches, but we all know that that shit happens. Mm-hmm. But somebody's going to have to take a hold on that room. And luckily for them, they do have Suggs. I, I know he's not a DB, but like to take over the defensive room, like Suggs can be that leader. But I'm man, I'm worried, dude. I think that those games, and another reason why I thought that I took that bet with Kyler Murray is because I just see these games being 35, 38 all the time. This, this entire season, I just see high scoring games with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, I agree. The only thing that I, I like about their defense is having Buda Baker and then, uh, they have Swerger back, right? So it's those two up top, but as their corner positions, I really don't know who they have outside of Peterson. Me either. Anywho, that's where we're at with the Cardinals and their defense and the Kyler Murray era. Heading to the next team in the west of the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. Main story that we hear every year, someone's getting hurt. Someone's out for the season. This da-da-da-da-da. Can they get through training camp healthy? Is that something they're going to be able to do? Can they stay healthy through the first five games of the season? I mean, this is going to just carry on. Can the San Francisco 49ers stay healthy? And if they can't, you got to find a way to change something like get a better medical staff in there upgrade your your facility whatever it is that is creating issues find the root for it find the source and then kill it because it sucks to see you guys have promising years or promising potential and it all goes down the drain because you guys catch the injury bug every single year it's like avoiding the flu shot and then getting the flu and be like oh man i don't know why i got it again you take the damn shot maybe you won't that's another topic we don't have to get into. People have different beliefs. Whatever. Any other thoughts about training camp stories from the Niners? Yeah, I want to know who their fucking running back's going to be. <laughs> like, you paid McKinnon so much last year, and then you go and paid Tevin Coleman this year. Breed is a stud. I mean, you got all sorts of weapons here at running back. And honestly, they all kind of do the same thing. They're. It's not like there's a power back and then a speedster and a pass catcher like... They all can are all around backs. I think Coleman ends up taking that job personally, but we'll see. And then I would I'm very interested on this defensive line. I mean, you got Bosa there, you got Buckner, Armstead, Solomon Thomas. I mean, a lot of early draft picks there. Do they finally step up? That's a good question. Hopefully we get an answer soon within the season because it's if they do come out well, the the NFC West is going to be very competitive. And the Seahawks, they've rebuilt their defense. Russell Wilson got paid. I mean, he's got to prove that he's worth it. They've helped their offensive line a tad. The Cardinals, eh, but if the 49ers can stay healthy, I mean, dude, they're going to be competing with the Seahawks in our next team, the Rams. And the story that we have listened here to watch is Jared Goff. And Trish, I'll let you kind of take into this. You made a good point before we decided to record, so I, I want you to take the lead on this one. Yeah, with Goff, it's just, does he take on that leadership role? Like, what what position does he take on this team after, obviously, everyone's given him a whole bunch of shit for playing so poorly in the Super Bowl, which, I mean, the Patriots defense was just good. I, I, I don't think that they get enough credit. But you really want to see what they what he does to taking over this offense. It's year three in McVay's offense at this point. He should own it completely. Gurley's, you don't know what he's actually health-wise. Like, is the knee okay? Is it not? He, this team is Jared Goff's team now. I think last year a lot of people were like, hey, this this is Todd Gurley's team. 
in 2019, it is Jared Goff's team. They will go as far as he takes them. I mean, it almost has to be, or it's going to be labeled as not Aaron Donald, not Gurley, and sure as hell not Goff. It's going to be Sean McVay's team. Can Sean McVay just pick someone, you know, pick and play? Is he going to be able to do that with anybody, or is Jared Goff going to step up and be like, hey, you can't do this without anyone else? Yeah, Because this has the possibility of being the new Belichick and Brady if all goes well. And you can just fill other roles as you go, keep a steady offensive line of prime talent, have a decent wide receiver in the slot, They have that in cup if he can stay healthy, and then just keep a running back and let your defense be your defense. Yeah, and how frustrating would it be for the Rams if Gurley can't be that workhorse anymore? You were overpaying that dude by a shit ton if you were not using him to be the workhorse. And I think that's exactly what the Cowboys fear, is if the same thing happens. Is Zeke all of a sudden going to start getting injuries or take it lighter so he doesn't get hurt and not get his money? Yeah, it's true. Sorry to break some news to you, but Patrick Mahomes just went number four overall. What? Yeah, he's four. What? Uh-huh. Wow. That's a little shocking on top 100. So Breeze, Mac, and Donald are all above him? That's what it is right now. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You're telling me Drew Breeze was better than Patrick Mahomes last year? No, I, I am not saying that. No, I know That's you're not, stuff. but like, yeah, but they dude, are. get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's shocking to me. So Drew Brees hasn't been anywhere else on the list? I haven't seen him on the list. I know that he was supposed to be in the top 10, but I haven't seen. He hasn't gone today. So He didn't unless, go in the 20s or anything? Not that I'm. I, I Where'd mean, Hopkins go? 11. My God. Yeah. More Sorry, breaking but... news. The Panthers signed Trey Boston. Whoopee. <laughs> Yippee. Uh, all right, let's move over to the AFC West. Oakland Raiders. It's is the car AB connection doing what we want it what we all expect it to do, right? Is it is it as good as the Big Ben AB connection? I think that's the biggest thing, right? It needs to be for this to be successful. If it's not as good, AB's going to start to lose his shit come week 3. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be as good as connection as what their sons have? Because they seem to be doing some work over there in those tents, man. They've been putting in some work. Seeing his son chop his feet like that with the cones, like he's really been watching his dad. And that's kind of cool. Like That's what makes me excited about being a dad. It just sucks I have no athletic ability to be in the NFL. <laughs> it's just going to be like, hey, you go do this. Watch this guy do it, and then you go. But uh, that's, like, that's the exciting part about being a dad. And I'm sure you're going to experience that here soon in the next couple years, which happy for you, kind of jealous to be honest. But, yeah, back to the Raiders here in our main point. Are they going to be able to build that connection? Or is A.B. going to have his fist on the sideline of throwing jugs and yelling? And then the next thing is, how is Gruden going to handle that? And one thing I'm surprised we, we didn't put on here are how are the Raiders going to react with Hard Knocks being there? How are their rookies doing? How are their rookies reacting to everything? That's a good question. A lot of stuff, dude. A lot, lot of stuff for the Raiders. A lot. Yep. What about the Broncos? I really want to know who's winning the running back job. I mean, is it going to be Royce Freeman or is it going to be Lindsey? I believe we talked about this. I believe it was you and I. You're the one I had the discussion. 
that I had the discussion with is Freeman become the, the main back. And then you just have Lindsay come in as your athletic pass catcher and go from there. That's the way I see it. But here's the, here's the scary thing is they brought in Theo Riddick today or yesterday. What, what happens if he comes in? I mean, the value of these running backs are just for a fantasy purpose are just going down the toilet basically. But where does, I guess, where does Lindsay fit in if Freeman is going to be the guy, which we all think that he, they want him to be. And then they bring in Riddick, which they, he left without a deal. But what if they do end up offering him any signs? He's obviously their pass catcher. Where does Lindsey fall? <coughs> I mean, he's going to have to re-earn that position. Yeah. I mean, that really, though. For sure. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, th- that's kind of what I was thinking too. That was the main thing for me. I know that we talked, we were also wanted to bring up how does Locke develop behind Flacco. You've been vocal about saying you don't think that Locke sees the field this year. I've been vocal saying I do think he hits the field this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. In the the way, the reason I'm saying it is like, not that he doesn't deserve it, but he, he just shouldn't. The The Broncos are not ready to have a young quarterback come in and learn how to play. I mean, they're three, four years removed from a Super Bowl. Their fans are tired of seeing mediocre play. They're tired of seeing no quarterback. Like They are ready for someone to come in and at least fight to make plays because they didn't see that last year with Case Keenum, and that's what they're frustrated with. I don't understand how they're not frustrated with John Elway on not finding them a quarterback to replace his era outside of Peyton Manning. like That's what I would be starting to get frustrated with. Instead, they're frustrated with the guy who is behind the center at that time. I don't think a lot of the issues was Case Keenum last year. I think it was a mixture of everything, and they didn't know their game plan or what they had and all that information. But with Flacco, yeah, that guy can't throw the ball. We've seen that before. When he gets on a roll, he's on a roll. And that's why you need him here. Allow Locke to learn behind him, similar to how Mahomes did with Alex Smith. Maybe Flacco doesn't take that role like Smith did, but if he does, like that's so beneficial for the Broncos and Luck or Locke, excuse me. That the, I mean, the fans need that. They need to see that and they need to realize it. And then within the running back, hope you just find one that can consistently put up numbers instead of going in every year like they have, I feel like, the last six with going one or two on the running back. And then you lose him and you bring in another one. And then you go one, two again. You just continue this running back by committee thing, but the running back by committee is so different every season that it's pretty much like running back by volunteer. Like who's just going to kind of accept the position and come in and play and fill the void that your team needs at that point in time. But that's where I'm at with the Broncos. That's why I think Locke shouldn't play this year. And their head coach already came out and said he's not a quarterback right now. He's still getting used to the speed of the game and getting his progressions down. That's enough of the Broncos. Let's get with my guys, my boys, the Kansas City Chiefs. The story to watch is their entire defense and how's it clicking. How are guys coming in and playing? News came out today that one of their corners, Traymond Smith, um, who's also the guy who had several kick returns last season but didn't quite get in the end zone, but he had you know the 93-yarder against the Patriots. He had a couple later in the season. I believe he had one in the playoffs as well. But their defense is the storyline. You just lost another corner. You have Rashad Breeland, you have Kyle Kyler Fuller, who's primary of the slot now, and then you have Charverius Ford on the other side. That's only three. Outside of that, you have the undrafted free agent out of Clemson, um, Mark Fields. I believe that's his name. If I me- if I mess it up, excuse me. He's looking promising. 
Spagnola came out today in an interview and said, if he can get the mental aspect down, he's going to be deadly. He's going to be a, a tremendous asset to the team if he gets the mental aspect. But physically, he's there. He's got the talent. He's got the gifts to do it. He just needs to get the mental side of the game down, and he's good. The Honey Badger seems to be doing the word I'm looking for, the, the culture, that defense, the everything about it. He is flipping to be so much more competitive in camp that everyone's talking about it. Chris Jones is recognizing it. He's spending extra time with the coaches, with Daly, getting to know the defensive line and their defensive plays, and he's really coming in and wanting to learn because he did miss time in OTAs and then the initial aspect of things this offseason. But now he's in here and he's ready to work. Okafor's looking good. Colin Saunders is looking good, their third-round draft pick. Juan Thornhill, I mean, we've seen Lewis Reddick talk about him already on Twitter. I'm not sure if you follow him, Trees. He's said numerous times, I'm going to say this again, watch Horn, Juan Thornhill. The dude is around the ball every single play. Last practice, he had two interceptions. I believe he had oh, another one today. I mean, dude, if he's already doing this in training camp, what's he going to do in the NFL? Because similar reports came out with Marcus Peters when he was here as a rookie. So if that defense can just figure it out, man, it's going to be scary for anybody watching the Chiefs this year, even as a Chiefs fan, because it's just... Like, let's just not fuck it up. I mean, that's that's really what it's going to come down to each game. Is like, we can't fuck it up. That's it. Yeah, basically. I, I'm very curious on the running back situation. So, obviously, Damian Williams is the guy right now, but he hasn't been the guy for a full season. I want to know, like, how they divvy out the carries. And I know that Reed is always that kind of like that one one-horse guy, but I just, can Williams be that guy? Is the question. I think he can to an extent. My thing is, how is he on third downs? Like, how is he going to yeah. be blocking? And uh, Darwin Thompson, I believe is the name of their sixth or seventh round draft pick that they had this Utah last State. year. Yes. Dude is shredded. I mean, this dude is stocky. Giant legs, a huge upper body. He's not very tall, but, man, he's thick. And reports came out by BJ Kissel this, a couple days ago that he's looking good in training camp. He might be the guy that comes in as a third down back. He's a decent pass blocker. I mean, that might be your guy right there. And you also have Carlos Hyde. So running back by committee with Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, and then Darwin Thompson or whoever else shows up. I mean, you still got Williams out of LSU. He's still looking to make a name for himself. Either of those guys could definitely take the role. All it takes is one player, a couple plays. We saw it with Kareem Hunt. We saw it against one game, one carry against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was like, boom, this is a guy after Spencer Ware went down. So I'm not too worried about the running back position because Andy Reid seems to make the most out of it every time, no matter who's in the role. I mean, we saw we saw Kendrick West make plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, for crying out loud. Yeah, it's true. Sure. Sorry. Update for everybody. Live update. Khalil Mack, number three overall. Told you. Wow. I tried to So it's going to go Drew Brees and Aaron Donald. Yeah. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. All right, last last team before we sign off here. Yes. Kansas City, or sorry, we just did Kansas City Chiefs. Los Angeles Chargers. For me, it's the Gordon thing. Is he coming? Is he not going to be there? If not, is can Eckler and the other kid be the guy? Completely agree with you. Don't, what I have listed here is the same as the 49ers. Can they stay healthy? Can they get through camp healthy? And can their offensive line stay healthy, their defense? Can they figure it out? If not, same thing as I said to the 49ers. Figure out the source of the issue and kill it. I mean, take your flu shot. Stop getting the injury bug. 
That's that's it with the with the Chargers. If they can figure that out, they're going to be just as deadly in the AFC West and the AFC. One hundred percent. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And you guys are, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the day it comes out, enjoy some preseason football tonight, everybody. It's back. I know it's just preseason. You're not going to see any real starters there. But hey, you're watching some guys trying to score touchdowns, hitting people. You know all the good shit. Like it's exciting times for me. And other than that, that's all we got for you. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at Talking Football. Make sure to hit us up on Instagram. If you want any shirts, we have apparel. Hit us up, and we'll get it sent your way. And one last thing. We are also looking for a social media slash podcast producer intern. So if you know of anybody, maybe somebody's in school, they want some experience, we are looking for someone. Have them contact us through social media, and we will reach out to you guys. So, appreciate it, everybody. And tonight, we've been talking football. Where the boys are falling. Well, let's turn and face the stars and stripes. Let's back them butterflies. Let's in the air already. Yes, sir, we want the ball. And it's knocking heads and talking trash. It's slinging butterflies.